When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, it's entirely possible that Mitch Trubisky stinks and that he has zero future in the National Football League, whether it's in Pittsburgh or anywhere else. But other things are also possible. Good morning to you. Wait, wait, are you still there? (laughs) I know how this subject turns people off. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. It'll be Steelers versus Colts on Saturday this week. Remember that Saturday game in Indianapolis. Because of that, it'll feel to some like it's a short week of preparation. It's actually not because the Steelers got going Monday because they had the Thursday game last week, obviously, against the Patriots. In that time, I want you to rewind this. Trubisky was called in cold against the Cardinals whenever Kenny Pickett was knocked out. And then there was really like 0.5 practices for the team between that in the game against the Patriots. That is a short week. And then they're gone for a couple of days. They shut down. That's NFL labor agreement stuff. But this week, they'll have had an entire week of preparation, meaning the whole offense. It's not just about the quarterback shaking off rust. It's about everybody involved getting used to that quarterback being the one that's leading them. How does he throw the football? How does he do this? How does he do that? You can try to simulate stuff in second team reps in practice. It's not the same. It's not the same as Kenny getting all of the first team reps, which is, by the way, exactly what I was saying last year when explaining why it's only fair to be more patient with Kenny. This was what Mitch himself had to say on the subject yesterday on the South Side. It should help for sure. Um, we need the reps. I need the reps. Just allows me to continue to get comfortable in the offense and continue to work on time with these guys and operating the offense. So a full week of work is, is going to be helpful. Hey, maybe he's wrong. Again, I'm going to say it again. Maybe he'll stink. And maybe he'll get wiped off, erased from everyone's memory. He'll be the answer to a trivia question. Who was that guy? In 2022, 2023, 
who was with the Steelers, who also happened to be a super crazy high draft pick for someone else. But the funny thing is, this is going to sound like a digression, but just deal with it because I think it's kind of related. If I bring up a subject like this right now, I know it's a turnoff. I know it's not something that anybody wants to be going over at this stage of the season. And I really, really, really know that Trubisky isn't it. And I know, I know that's going to be the reaction. The reason that I stubbornly stick with it is that if you're going to make something out of these final four games as a team, from a positive context, then this is where it has to start. It doesn't start with the very, very fair discussion that's now ongoing on the side about Mike Tomlin's future here or the quarterback position in general and how that future is going to play out. I've got, in terms of the feedback that I get to these programs, I'd say if I had to break it down in percentages, probably about 75% of all correspondence is something related to the head coach, including, and I'll, I'll throw into that same pile the stuff that comes in about Art Rooney because it's all based on the head coach. I'll also get 20% something in that range of, you know, so-and-so said such-and-such on somebody's podcast about this and that, and what do you think about that? And I, I always just, I, I, don't, I don't engage. I, I don't care. And the other 5%, I would say, would be stuff about, you know, wide receivers being divas and, and this and that. I don't even hear about the running back usage anymore. That was number one on the list, like, just three weeks ago. Everything, everything, everything has superseded the games that are ahead. The four games in front of a team that's seven and six and sitting currently in an AFC playoff position. Now, I'm not about to judge that. I'll say it again. I've brought these other things up as well. Well, not the podcast stuff, but the other, you know, the Mike Tomlin stuff and everything. I, I do it too, okay? What it tells me more than anything is that there's just been a loss of hope. And a lot of that, I feel like, starts at the quarterback position. We could deal with Kenny's problems because Kenny's the future. Kenny has to be the future or there's going to be some gigantic reset button. But with Mitch, we're done with him. Done with him after five starts last season. Done with him after 1.5 starts this season. And in that context, only having had maybe uh, one or two full practice sessions, not even really, to prepare for those. So that's it. Not only are some people done, but they're done to the extreme that they'd rather see the team lose out just to make sure that there's a change at the top. And once again, I have no problem with that. Go nuts. That's, that's perfectly fine. I'm not so sure that I feel differently. I'm probably not a hundred percent there, but I, I'm not so sure that that wouldn't be what's best for the organization as a whole. In the interim, you should know that the people on the inside, as goofy as that atmosphere is right now, as unsettled as a lot of stuff is in that locker room, this is all they've got. 
They've got Indianapolis. And if they beat the Colts, which I don't know if that would be considered some sort of massive upset considering the Colts are also 7-6. and six. And then everyone kind of rolls out of bed Sunday morning in advance of all the other games in the NFL and says, huh, look at these standings. Did you know Steelers are 8-6 and six and they're in this and this spot and and that they'd play this team or that team whenever the playoffs come around, things might start to feel different. I'm not predicting anything here. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to bounce back and roar into the playoffs or unleash hell in December or any of that other nonsense. I am saying that this is way pivotal in terms of how people feel about this football team and the state of the franchise when we come back J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Before I do J1Q, I'll occasionally jot down little notes that I want to mention during a segment. I don't script anything for the Daily Shots, but I'll, I'll put down specific numbers so that I can have access to them if I need them. And one set that I intended to include in that opening segment was that Mitch Trubisky in the second half against New England was 19 of 27 for 171 yards and a touchdown. Now, it's never okay to just multiply numbers like that and say, well, he would have been 38 of 54 for 342 yards and two touchdowns because that's an awesome day. I don't know that anybody thinks in general that Mitch was awesome that day. But it does support partly what I was talking about in the opening segment, that there is some merit in patience, and it supports also something that Mike Tomlin said at his press conference earlier this week, that he saw Mitch continuously improve over the course of that game. Now, that said, the outcome is going to wash all of that away. You lose back-to-back games to 2-10 and opponents, uh, you deserve to have all of the good buried. So today's J1Q, now finally, comes from John who says, hey DK, I listen to you as often as I can. You're a straight shooter and you don't really do the hot takes. So when you criticize a player or a coach, it's usually justified. My question for you is this, since you're in the locker room and you're around the team regularly, when you're critical of a player on a daily shot, have you ever noticed that whoever you were talking about might be short with you during an interview or a media session afterward? For example, we all know Mike Tomlin can give a 45-word response to a yes or no question, but do you think that he would take a critique personally and not give a full answer to a reporter who didn't always paint him in the best light? Regarding Tomlin, John, my answer is an emphatic yes. There is a reason I get the short answers that I do. And that's been the case for several years. And you know what? That is 100% his right. The only right that I have as a credentialed reporter is to, you know, ask questions. 
I'll ask questions. He can answer them however he wants. And the same goes for a player. It's already happened with a couple of players this season. They're not going to make a scene out of it. More often than not, it's going to be something as simple as, hey, so-and-so, you got a minute? No, no, I don't. Something like that. And you'll, you'll get the hint, but what you won't be able to do, I really, really hope, is figure out in any case who it is that I'm talking about. I'm sure not going to share it here. Because in every setting, I'll continue to try my very best to assess that player on nothing other than how it is that they carry themselves on a football field. But if you're asking, and I think you kind of are, how does any of that stuff affect me or how do I deal with it or whatever else? I split this role into almost two lanes that run parallel to each other. One is when I'm speaking with you on this show or I'm writing a column or whatever it is, I focus on nothing other than what the facts are. And I really, really, by the way, appreciate your kind words there earlier. Uh, I'm not going for hot takes. I'm not going for something that's hypothetical or whatever. I'm going for, hey, here's a real issue and here's why it's a real issue. And I'll also come in with, in some cases, uh, information that was accrued in interviews or discussions and whatever, but it's never, it's never going to be just, uh, I walk into some random radio studio somewhere. I don't cover the team at all. And I'm just going to say stuff off the top of my head to try to get a reaction out of the audience. That's, that's, that's not this. And I would really hope that's never why you would tune in to this particular program. But then subsequently, what I also won't let happen is that when I'm in the locker room, I don't let any kind of reaction that I get from somebody or worry about, oh, no, I I spoke or wrote something negatively about this player. Maybe I shouldn't go near them. You you still do it. It's still the job. If they say they don't want to talk to you or even if they're uh, really, really blunt about how much they don't like you, you just... Hear it and move on, walk away. There's nothing you can do. That's happened too. It hasn't happened this season, but it's happened in the past. It's just, it, it's just the nature of the job. And one thing I'm always reminding people of on here is, is as wonderful of a job as it is, because I love reporting and writing and doing all this. It is a job and it comes with certain ways that you've got to go about creating the content that you want. This is how I choose to do it. I choose to be right there. I choose to be in the locker room. I choose to be and have for a long, long time at every single game, regardless of where it's played. And you'll have to trust me that that benefits way, 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 way more than it hurts, including in terms of being visible to the players. What I'll hear from players about whether it's radio guys or whatever, it will always be, hey, how come I never see this person or that person from such and such radio station in here? Uh, that's not my job to answer that. That's not, I, I don't actually have the answer. If I wanted to give it to you, I'll tell the player. And this isn't one or two. This is a whole long list. The players who see you in there, regularly who communicate with you regularly including when things aren't necessarily great between you 
They'll appreciate that. They'll respect that. They'll trust you and they'll share information with you that'll help you produce better content. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Sealers. We're going to do one more of these tomorrow and then I'll be heading out to Indianapolis. 